This is Mary Lewis with A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Matt at Sergeant Shortbread. Good afternoon, Matt. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Mary? I am really great. It's been a, a really good week so far, and the sun <laughs> is actually shining right now. So first yes. time since the first of the year here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No kidding. It's it's been a, it's been, it's been a, a crazy winter um, here in in Minnesota. So yeah, it's you never know what to expect. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, I actually was going to take my son to the doctor tomorrow, and it's about half an hour away. And it's not a, it's not an important appointment. It can be rescheduled. And when he got up this morning, I said, uh, "Can you reschedule your doctor's appointment for one ten tomorrow to another day?" And he said, why? And I said, because the roads are going to be terrible by then. And I don't want to drive on them. And he was like, yep, I can do that. I said, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for not being angry at me for requesting that you do this because I'm afraid to drive on snow. And I, I've lived in Minnesota for longer than where I grew up at this point, but I still don't like driving on it. So It's not it's fun. A, it's a thing. I'm scared. I, I am afraid yeah. to do it. So I was just happy he was cool with it. So <laughs> tell me tell me about Sergeant Shortbread, please. Ah, uh, so Sergeant Shortbread is um so I, I make gourmet flavored shortbread cookies and um it uh it never it was never supposed to be a business <laughs> when I first started doing this. So it's been it's been a crazy journey that uh it started when my wife and I had gone on vacation with my parents to Hawaii. And it was the day before we were supposed to fly back to Minnesota. Uh, we wandered into this store called the Honolulu Cookie Company. And truth be told, I was across the street at a local uh, local bar and grill having a beer and a burger because it was a Sunday afternoon and I was watching football. <laughs> and my wife and my mom were across the street doing some uh, shopping and my wife texted me and said, you got to come and try these, these cookies. They have free samples and they're amazing. So I was like, free cookies, samples, mm -hmm. check please. I'm, <laughs> I will be right there. So, so, uh, paid my tab, walked across the street, sampled some shortbread cookies because the Honolulu cookie company, they specialize in shortbread cookies and, uh, their, their specialty, if you will, not just shortbread cookies, but they use like local flavors. So mango, coconut, things like that, that are, um, native to the uh, um, the Hawaiian region or the Hawaiian islands, so um, I, they were they were amazing. And so, so I told my wife, I said, "But I really I don't want to pay shipping and handling to get these cookies from Honolulu to Minneapolis." I said, "So I'm just going to bake my own." Mm -hmm. And but truth be told, I've never actually looked into what the shipping costs are. So it could be free, it could be expensive. I have no idea. I honestly didn't even look into it. I just told her I was going to start baking my own. And, and she looked at me and said, and she had this look on her face like, uh, okay, but you don't know how to bake. So I'm not sure how you're going to do that, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'd never baked a, a cookie. I'd never baked anything in my life until December of 2017. Came home from vacation and baked some, uh, some shortbread cookies for family and they all loved them. And, and so then I just, uh, it just, really sparked a passion for for baking uh when i baked those those first cookies and i just started baking everything that i could i was doing mini bundt cakes homemade granola bars 
uh, homemade pop tarts, anything. I mean, I could go out down a Pinterest rabbit hole and not come back for three days. So, um, and it was just, I was baking everything under the sun. And she said, you got to start taking this stuff to work because I'm not going to keep eating all of this. And uh-huh. so started brought some goodies into work and people at work started telling me that these are amazing. And uh, then they started asking me, hey, I've got a family reunion coming up. Could I order like five dozen of these cookies? And I said, well, I mean, I just made these in my home kitchen. I don't, I don't, that's not legal. I mean, I can't sell these. I can give you five dozen cookies. And, and that's when I uh, looked in, did some research and found the cottage food law here in Minnesota. And I said, oh, wow, I can make a business out of this. So it, uh, it initially started out as my business name was the Baker's Dozen, and that was Baker's with a Z. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just kind of has evolved from there. And uh, finally, in July of 2020, smack dab in the middle of a pandemic, I decided to quit my full-time job and uh, transform into Sergeant Shortbread and just focus more on uh, shortbread cookies. Well, that is a heck of a story. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did look at your website, and I know there's actually a little bit more to the name. You were in the military for a while? I was, yep. I spent 23 years in the military. I retired from the military in uh, 2015. Okay, so that's why Sergeant Shortbread? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Uh, at first, I was, uh, you know, a lot of people want to support uh, veterans and veteran-owned mm-hmm. organizations. And I, I felt guilty using my veteran status um, to try to, try to I, I felt guilty using it to profit. And, uh, but then it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, you know, I need to be proud of what I did. I spent 23 years in the military. I served my country. And um, so I, I need to be proud of that. And that's what everybody kept telling me too. So that's, that kind of caused me to, or, or nudged me to, to make the transformation into Sergeant Shortbread. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my sons was a Marine. He was in for eight years. Oh. And he he says that he gets, like, uncomfortable is probably not the right word, but it's the closest one I have, when people find out that he served and they say, thank you for your service. And I was like, <laughs> why do you get uncomfortable? And he's like, I don't know. It's just weird. I'm like, okay, well... I said, you basically gave up eight years of your life to be ready and available to defend our country. I said, if people want to thank you for that, you should say you're welcome or no sweat or something in return. (laughs) Yeah, I know what he means. It's, you know, when people thank us for it, we're just in our minds. It was we just did our job. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. what we it's what we do. And so. Like, you know, why are people thanking us for this? We just did our job. We, I mean, that was what we were trained to do. So we just did it. And so, um, yeah. so it, it yeah, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, so, yeah, so I just, I, when somebody thanks me for my service, I just, I just thank them right back. Well, thank you for, you know, essentially thank you for acknowledging that. And thank you for your support of, uh, of veterans, because we certainly do, do appreciate the, uh, the support that we get from, from everyone. So. Yeah. All right. So tell me the secret to a good shortbread. And the reason I'm asking is I actually love shortbread. And I tried to make some three weeks ago. And I want it to be sweet. And this Mm. shortbread was not sweet. And am I am I wrong in thinking that shortbreads can be sweet? Tell me the secret. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, you, you're you're not wrong at all, and that's what I, I've actually. It's funny. I there's a uh, I had someone from Arizona. She um, she actually gave me a negative review on three of my flavors because they were sweet and they weren't the traditional Scottish shortbread cookies. And mine are not the traditional Scottish shortbread cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't claim to be the traditional. Um, mine are. I like to I like to tell people they're not your grandma's shortbread cookies because these these are more unique. I use flavors like blueberry and lemon, um, dark chocolate and sea salt. Uh, you know, I mine are a little bit more on the unique side. I do use tend to use a little bit more sugar than what you may find in a a traditional shortbread. Uh, a shortbread cookie is defined by uh, it's it's essentially the um, the quantity of butter and flour. It's it's those are the two main ingredients, and then everything else, you know, it uh, you know it can still go into a shortbread cookie, but um, that's what that's what makes a shortbread different from what we call a drop cookie, like a chocolate chip cookie. You know, things you use a cookie scoop and you make the dough right away, and you just scoop uh, it out and drop it on the pan. A gooey cookie dough, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I always tell people that shortbread cookies are not good fresh. I mean, not, I shouldn't say fresh, but right out of the oven. Um, they're they're just not, in my opinion, they're just not good right out of the oven. So um, they have to cool and and uh, and then the, then they're good to go. <laughs> so so I, I mean, my secret, I I I don't know if I really have a secret, but I do tend to use a little bit more sweeter flavors. Um, uh, I try to pair like a fruit with. Um, something sour. So the, a sweet blueberry with a sour lemon or a sweet orange with a tart cranberry, um, things like that. So so that's, uh, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a secret or not, uh, but, but that's kind uh-huh. of my mentality is I like to uh, use more unique flavors and I may use a little bit more sugar than, uh, than the average shortbread, but um, just based on the, the flour and the butter, uh, content that I use, it's still considered a shortbread cookie. Well, that may have been my mistake because I actually looked up a shortbread cookie recipe and it was a Scottish shortbread. So hence mm. it wasn't that sweet. <laughs> Go fig. <laughs> there there is a difference. Yeah, yeah, there there is a difference. Uh, Scottish shortbread is going to be more um, crumbly. My Most of mine are not not crumbly. Um, they're, they're firm, but they're not going to to break apart um mm-hmm. so they're they have a, i might have a little bit of a higher moisture content just from the uh the ingredients that i use so uh so yes there there is definitely a difference between the shortbread that i make and the traditional scottish shortbread okay well that's what i screwed up then because <laughs> i i love to cook i love to bake and i'm actually pretty good at it so when I made this recipe, I was like, that doesn't seem like a lot of sugar, but maybe that's what it's supposed to be. And then I tasted it and I was like, no, that is not a sweet shortbread. <laughs> and I thought, am I supposed to dip this in something? Because it's not great. Yeah. So so I ate a couple of them and I was like, I don't like them. And my husband <laughs> tried them and he was like, they're cookies. He said, they don't have to be super sweet. I said, I swear you would eat any cookie on the planet. He said, probably I said, okay, you have them. Yeah, yeah, you can well, have them. <laughs> I didn't want to throw them out. I hate throwing food out. Mm-hmm. Food, is, food is expensive to make, so. Yes. The one thing I tried this summer, spring, this past spring, 
was snickerdoodles. My mom makes snickerdoodle bars all the time because mm. her, my dad and my mom's dog gets snickerdoodles as a treat. I do not know why, but she does. She loves them. And my mom had sent my her recipe to me. And she kept raving about these cookie bars. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to make some and see what the fuss is about. And I made them. And I didn't make them again because they're really, really yummy. And they're yeah. sweet. And they're chewy. And I ate like six of them in two days. I don't eat cookies like that. And I thought, yep, that's a winner. I can't make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's... That's the uh, that's the uh, the the double edged sword, if you will. If it's super good, you usually eat too many of them. <laughs> so oh, they were they were amazing. I had no <laughs> idea. I'd never had a homemade snickerdoodle cookie bar before. I'd had snickerdoodles mm. from the store, but this was not the same at all. Yeah, no. So I called my mom and I said, "Your snickerdoodle recipe is amazing. I made some." <laughs> and she said, "What'd you think?" And I said, "I can't make them again. I'll eat the whole pan." She yeah. said, oh, you love them. I said, I do. I love them, which means I can't, I cannot make them but once a year. Yeah, she yeah, said, exactly. She, she said, make them at Christmas because Christmas calories don't count. I was like, oh, <laughs> I can do that. That's true. I mean, that's exactly right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so are you, I ask all the people who are actually selling the things they make this question, are you having success with it? Do you feel like you're, you're, upward momentum is happening with the business yeah for sure um it uh i have had great great success i think specifically because it's a shortbread cookie and you outside of a grocery store you you can't find uh shortbread cookies people you can't you most bakeries uh or grocery store bakeries there aren't you can't find fresh baked or homemade shortbread cookies. And I didn't realize how many people here in Minnesota love shortbread cookies. And it's got to be because a typical Minnesotan loves butter. <laughs> so, uh -huh. um, so that probably uh, lends to the, uh, the success of a shortbread cookie because it's a lot of butter in a shortbread cookie. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's just because of the uniqueness of my product. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, yeah, it was successful enough for me to, before I, before I quit my job or before I left my job, I was making, I was making deliveries during my lunch hour, uh, making more deliveries on my way home from work. And then I'd go straight home to bake more, to make deliveries during lunch the next day. It, and then I was doing farmer's markets on the weekends and it just, it just got to be too much. I was, and I, I, I told my wife, I said, something has to give. And I know secretly deep down, she doesn't have an ounce of entrepreneurship in her. Um, um, and I, so I know deep down, she's like, oh, please, please don't choose the cookies. Please don't choose the cookies. Uh -huh. I said, I'm going to quit my job. She's like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, but she, uh, she, she's my, she's my number one fan. My, uh, my number one quote unquote employee who doesn't get paid. So, um, so yeah. yeah, she's, she's my number one supporter now. She loves what I do. She's excited about what I do. So, um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's just because of the uniqueness of a shortbread cookie, there's so many chocolate chip cookies out there, uh, or sugar cookies and, you know, traditional type cookies that, uh, just the uniqueness of offering shortbread cookies has been a huge, a huge, uh, bonus for me.
Yeah, and I, I feel like shortbread is almost, I'm going to make a really weird analogy. You ready? It's almost like lamb in the meat world because lamb takes flavors and seasonings so easily no matter how you cook it. And mm. I feel like shortbread is a good vehicle for dressing it up. Yeah, for sure. You so, can, so, I mean, I, so I just compared you, cookies to lamb. Go fig. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you're you're exactly right. It uh, a shortbread cookie. You can take it from just a traditional, regular vanilla flavor uh, with no um, no bells and whistles, so to speak. Or you can you can crank it up to a, a blueberry lemon, where I put fresh lemon zest. And then after I'm done zesting the lemon, I actually cut the lemon in half and squeeze some of the f- fresh lemon juice itself into the dough. Um, uh huh. <laughs> so it's 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 so versatile. It's so versatile and and uh yeah, the dough like lamb, it just it just takes on all those different flavorings and uh whether it's seasonings or spices because I, I make spicy cookies and um and my my newest unique flavor, I'm I'm uh dabbling in the beer flavored cookies. I'm putting uh Minnesota grown hops into into cookies. Huh. How's that going for you? Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just about ready. I've got, uh, I'm just about ready to release it to the world, so to speak. I've been working on the, uh, um, on the recipes and I've got, uh, some brewery friends that have been wonderful to, uh, to sample, <laughs> taste test all these cookies. And, uh, uh yeah, I, I've got four flavors that I'm going to be releasing. I'm hoping in the next few weeks for sure within a month. Uh, and, uh, probably selling them to through breweries because I do, I am a cottage food producer, but I also have my wholesale manufacturing license through the MDA or the department of ag. So um, I, I, I can sell wholesale, but I can also sell through the, uh, the cottage food uh, producers program. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. There's uh, I've got a stout flavor that I'm working on. Another one that has a uh, brown ale, another one that is a hazy IPA, uh, so those, those three, I've pretty much nailed down. I'm just working on a fourth one. Fun. If you ever get into a bourbon flavored one, I'm sure that would go over well too. It's funny. I did, uh, I did make a, just for the fun of it, cause I just had to try it, a maple bacon bourbon cookie. Uh-huh. And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> but with the, with the cottage food, as you know, uh, you can't use meat you can't sell meat products so nope. i can't put actual bacon in there but I, I i need to research it a little bit more i was wondering if i if i baked the the bacon in the oven and i used the bacon renderings or the fat and put that in in place of some of the butter to give it the bacon flavor without using actual pieces of bacon i be a bet. way around it yeah i bet you can and and yeah. bacon grease is is god's gift to cooks i swear <laughs> Yep. So, so yeah, so that's, that's where my mind goes. It's how can I take this shortbread cookie and turn it up on its head? Yeah. Why not? Um, so when you package up the cookies, because they're a little fragile, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, usually a shortbread cookie is fragile. So do you put them in like little paper, like, like cupcake papers, but not necessarily that shape to, to package them so they don't get knocked around as much? How do you package them? It depends on how I sell them. I, I mean, I have multiple ways of packaging. 
Um, if I go to say a farmer's market or I'm at an event, I put three cookies in a pack and it's just a self-sealing, self-sealing pack. They're, they're pretty safe there because they're just sitting in a basket and people grab them and walk away with them. So I uh, don't really have to worry too much about them breaking. And uh, when I sell them that way, uh, when I sell them wholesale, they, uh, they go in heat sealed packaging four to a pack and they, there's not a whole lot of movement. The packaging that, that I have for those, it, uh, um, it fit, they fit just right. So they don't really move around in there. And so unless somebody drops it or, uh, kicks it <laughs> or, or in some way, you know, damages it, it, they shouldn't break. So, uh, shipping is a little trickier. Um, the, uh, those, I just, I, I use more uh, of the more crinkle paper than I probably should. Um, mm-hmm. the, I ordered crinkle paper one time and it was funny. The first time I ever ordered crinkle paper, I wasn't sure it said, you know, 10 pound box. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Is is that a lot or how much is that going to be? And so I, I ordered like, and I wanted three different colors just to kind of match my, my branding colors. And, uh, and then I wanted a holiday red and green combo where they, it comes red and green already <laughs> i didn't realize how much i ordered and it showed up i came home one day and it was there was a pallet of crinkle paper sitting on my driveway <laughs> oh oh my yeah oh so i posted a picture on on social media and i said this is what happens when you're not familiar with ordering crinkle paper and you order for the first time not knowing what you're doing and uh and yeah. everybody got a big chuckle out of that but the funniest thing is that less than a year later, I had to order more because I had gone through, uh, I had gone, I already gone through that whole pallet full of crinkle paper. So, um, so yeah, so long story longer, that's, that's how I, anything that I ship, I, I package in, uh, I, I sell it by the dozen on my website. And that's the only way I sell them on my website is, uh, is by the dozen. So that just gets packed in, um, in cellophane packaging, food safe cellophane packaging and then just packed with a crazy amount of of crinkle paper okay that that makes all the sense in the world um i'm gonna ask you a question because last i checked my my tier one like uh, registration for cottage food producers we're not allowed to ship so how are you getting around that uh well as i mentioned i've got my wholesale food manufacturing license so that lets you do it. <laughs> yep. So that uh, having a wholesale food and I've got a commercial kitchen um, that uh, anything that has to be that I ship or anything that I sell wholesale to breweries and coffee shops, that all has to be produced in in my uh, commercial kitchen. Okay. That makes more sense. Cause I was like, I really <laughs> want to ship my stuff and I can't, how is he shipping it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's in yeah. a commercial kitchen. It, uh, legally, I have to produce all of that in a commercial kitchen. Um, so, uh, but when I do events and local deliveries, that I can still use my cottage food registration to to do the smaller the smaller orders. But um, but yeah, anything that ships or is sold sold wholesale to coffee shops and and breweries and grocery stores and things that I uh, I have to I have to make and produce that in a commercial kitchen. Okay. Yeah. Um, back when we lived in town, we no longer live in town. We live in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> one of the local businesses had, they were like a coffee shop 
and I knew the lady that owned it. And she asked me if I wanted to rent her kitchen to bake, to sell things. Mm. And at the time, my kids were small, like young, and they're all grown now. But then there was just not enough hours in the day with the kids. It just was not going to work. And I felt so bad turning her down because what a nice offer to make to someone who loves to cook. And I looked at her and I said, I, I, I feel terrible telling you no, but I just, I can't get the blocks of time to do it away from the kids because husband works nine to five and he's gone from seven 30 in the morning until six at night. Yeah. There's no time. And I can't do it at night because I need to sleep at night to be able to get up with the kids. Yeah. And, and she said, you look so sad. I said, I am sad. I said, <laughs> I, I know people who would give their right leg to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah. And I'm kind of one of them, but I just don't have, it's not going to work. <laughs> and she said, that's okay. She said, I, she said, I just wanted to know if you wanted to do it. And I'm like, I yeah. want to, but I can't. So that didn't happen. And then found out about the cottage food registration thing. Um, I don't know. It's two, it's 2020. It's 2024 now. So I think I found out about it in 2016, just after it had become a thing. Sure. And back then, I swear when I read through the rules that it said something about not being able to have, you had to have a kitchen that had a door so that you could close your pets out while you were baking or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that, that puts me out of the running because there was no door to my kitchen. It was an open doorway. And uh, I've told this story once already, but I'm going to tell it again. We went and visited a friend to get chickens from her. She has a farm. And she sells granola at the, the farmer's markets and stuff. And she doesn't have a door to her kitchen either. And this was a couple of years ago. And as we were driving home, I said to my husband, I said, um, I, I have to look up the cottage food producer registration rules again and he said why and I said because she's selling packaged labeled granola I said they don't have a a separate kitchen to cook in I said so something must have changed and he was like okay so I looked it up and come to find out as long as all of your surfaces are clean and as long as there's not like dog hair flying everywhere or cat hair (laughs) flying everywhere you're fine so that's how I ended up getting into this because I didn't think I could. And then I found out that it was okay. So long story longer, as you said, that's how that <laughs> happened. So because we're talking about cottage food producers and registration and all of that stuff that goes with this, I got an email the other day that told me that you are going to be creating a cottage food producers directory or it's in process. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about this. I, me too. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, it's a project that I took on. It, initially it was a project and now it's just grown to even more. Um, it, uh, yeah. So it's going to be a directory of uh, strictly cottage food producers. Um, you have to have an active cottage food registration in order to be on the directory. And, um, it's, it's just a way for cottage food producers to, to another way to get their name out there and, uh, for the, the, just the general public to find homemade goods either in their area or 
I would love for somebody in California to say, gosh, I really want to send some, uh, some shortbread cookies to my family in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And so let me see if there's somebody that can make shortbread cookies and deliver them to my family. Oh, wow, look, there's Sergeant Shortbread. I'm going to order some cookies from California and I'm going to deliver them. And I, I, cause the way I see it, it's, it's almost our way. Like we talked about shipping. That's uh-huh. almost our way as, as cottage food producers to kind of get around the, the shipping aspect of it where somebody in California still can order shortbread cookies or whatever and have it delivered to a family member as a gift in Eden Prairie, Minnesota or anywhere in Minnesota. So, yeah. so yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled. And, uh, it was at first, it was just an idea that, uh, that I, I took to a, uh, a digital marketing company to ask them, okay, how much would it be for me to, for you to design this? Because it's way more, I looked into it and I'm like, there's no way that I could build this myself. It's uh-huh. not, it's not that easy. I did my own website for, for Sergeant Shortbread, but this is way more intricate. And so no way I can do that. And so I took it to them and asked them to come back with a, a quote on how much it would be to, to make this. And and they said, okay, we've got our, uh, we've got the quote. Let's, uh, let's get together. Let's set up a meeting. And so I went into their office and, and uh, they said, so I know you haven't thought about this, but uh, would you like a partner in this? And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, what? They're like, well, we, we love what, what you're doing here. And just, we see the potential in this and we would love to be part of it. So it was almost like an episode of Shark Tank in reverse where they mm-hmm. were, they were pitching me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I said, I would love to you, the expertise that you can bring in the, uh, in the marketing realm, because this is going to be a very, uh, marketing heavy, uh, endeavor where I, I need to just really push hard to, to get, uh, to get the name out there. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. And, uh, I just, I'm, I hope that this is a way I, I've had, uh, some decent amount of success to going from the cottage food to uh, to a commercial kitchen. And so if this is a way that I can help other cottage food producers uh, get to that next level to getting into a commercial kitchen and being able to ship and get their product in grocery stores, then I'm thrilled to do it. Awesome. And I, I literally squealed when I read the email the other morning. It came through and I read it and I was like, did I just read that right? And I read it again. I was like, yes. <laughs> now, the reason why is back a year or so ago, I had contacted Minnesota Grown and asked if there was a directory for cottage food producers or an, and if there was one for crafters. And there really isn't. Right yeah. now in Minnesota. Nope. And I was like, well, I'm thinking about maybe trying to put one together <laughs> and for, for both. And the lady was like, do you know how to do that? And I said, no, but it's never stopped me from trying other things before. Right. And she was like, let me know if you do it. And I said, okay. So I looked into it. I hate spreadsheets. I hate them. I don't like to use them. I don't like the formulas. I hate drop-down forms. I hate all of that stuff. And looked into how to build this, and I went, yeah, this is way above my non-pay grade. I I am not qualified to do this. So I was talking to my husband about it because he loves spreadsheets. He he has no issue with that. And he was like, I could help you, he said, but it's going to take a while because I have my job and stuff. And I was like, yeah. 
I said, I appreciate it, but neither one of us really know how to do this easily. And he was like, no, we don't. It's going to be a big learning curve. And I said, okay, well, never mind. I guess I'm not doing that. (laughs) And so I ended up spending the summer marketing our business, which is growing food and selling it at farmer's markets and out of our farm stand at our property and our soaps and our candles and our lip balms and our wax melts that we did all spring and summer. And I don't really love that either. I I don't mind selling them, but I really don't want to market them. Hmm. Like if he wants to take them to the farmer's market and sell them way cool. But I, I will post on Facebook what we have and I will do the basic marketing. I have a marketing background and Ta-da. So that's what I spent my summer doing. And then our youngest son decided he was going to move out. And of course, empty nest syndrome hit. And I was like, oh my God, my last baby's leaving. What am I going to do? <laughs> and I, my son and I, the one that was going to move out, and he did for a very short time. He and I were talking about doing a podcast together called Mother and Sundays. And we, he wanted it to be this spontaneous chat between he and I every Sunday. And then we would put it out. Not so much on the spontaneous. It, it really didn't quite work because spontaneous is spontaneous. You don't sit down for an hour and be spontaneous. That's that's the opposite of spontaneous. <laughs> and so he was like, I don't think it's going to work. And I was like, no, I don't either. But then I was like, I really like the idea of doing a podcast. Yeah. What what can I what can I find as a topic for a podcast? And I was like, well, I couldn't do a directory for the cottage food producers and the uh, crafters, but I could do a podcast talking to them about what they do and how they do it. And it would feed my brain. It would give me a project because the baby's moving out and I won't be worried as much as I thought I would be. So that's how the podcast came about. And I actually messaged the same lady at Minnesota Grown. Um, a week or so ago, and I said, so I didn't, I didn't come up with a directory, but I came up with a podcast. This is what I'm doing. Would you like to be a guest? And she was like, absolutely, I would. So I get to talk to the director of marketing at Minnesota Grown in February about Minnesota Grown and what they do and why they do it. So full full circle moment there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I find out that you're making the directory that I am not qualified to make. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is legit. So I messaged the lady at the Minnesota Cottage Food Producer Facebook page. And I said, I got an email. Is this legit? And can I talk about it on my podcast? And she was like, the guy who's going to do it, he would be a great guest on your podcast. I said, I will contact him. Thank you. (laughs) So that's why we're here right now. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it's. Yep. I, I'm I'm excited. I and and I've actually been in contact with the with the people at the Department of Ag about my uh, about the new directory, and so um, they they're a hundred percent bought into. So they're going to support me by uh, by talking or you know putting it in their newsletter and uh-huh. um, and the Minnesota Grown. They do have a directory, but it's only for Minnesota Grown. It's not all encompassing for. So this will, yeah, this, this website or this directory will be all encompassing. And the only rule I have is you have to be a registered cottage food producer. So if you just, 
if your registration goes away, then your so does your profile. Um, I okay. want people knowing that when they come onto this directory, that they are they are reaching out to registered cottage food producers. Okay, will it cost money to sign up to be on on the directory? It will. It will. Yep. Um, but I know as a as a cottage food producer that um, <laughs> that it's. Uh, the pennies, the pennies have to go a long way. So um, I do want to make it reasonable. Um, n- not really in a position to to discuss the cost quite yet, nope. but but I do. Yes, there there will be a small cost to it, just because obviously it's going to cost me to to market. I plan on uh, spending money on Facebook ads, paid Facebook ads, to get this. Because I don't want to just market this in Minnesota. I want people nationwide to know about this directory. Uh, granted, it's going to be the majority are going to be Minnesota cottage food producers to start, but that doesn't mean that cottage food producers from all the, over the United States can't join as well. I mean, it's. It, yep. I plan on making this a uh, uh, available nationwide so that uh, any cottage food producer throughout the United States can uh, can sign up and be a part of it. So. Um, so yeah, so the, unfortunately, there's costs that that I'm going to have that I have to charge a what I'm mm-hmm. considering a minimal fee, um, but uh, but I'm also going to uh, really really go to bat and uh, just market this as as best I can with with paid paid advertising on Instagram, Facebook, uh, maybe even paid advertising uh, here locally in the Twin Cities area, whether that's through newspapers. Um, I plan on reaching out to event coordinators that, uh, that will, that they, they put on events. And so what do they need at events? They need food. They need cupcakes. They need food. They need cookies. So, um, so I plan on attending trade shows to, uh, to market the, uh, the website, the directory. So, so yes, there, there will be a, a small fee for, uh, for to somebody for somebody to have a, a profile, but it'll be free, of course, for for the general public just to go on. And uh, the design of it will be the general public will go on. They'll find your profile and click on whatever link you provide as a uh, mm-hmm. as a vendor, and it'll take the general public right to your Facebook page, your website, whatever wherever you want them to order their goodies. The the website or the directory will take them straight there. Nice. And, and as anyone who is doing cottage food producing knows, it takes a little bit of money to make some money. So, so with you, you providing a marketing opportunity and us needing to get the word out, I don't think anyone's going to blink at a a small cost to do that. If you were going to charge 500 bucks a year, that might be a little different because I couldn't do that right now. I don't have that. Oh. So, and do nope. you know when? Do you know when this thing's gonna be available? Do you have a <laughs> a goal? Uh, I, well, I do. I actually we just had a meeting two days ago, and a uh, it, it's called a beta version. So, uh, in the first, we're shooting for the first week, week and a half of February. Uh, so, hopefully, within the first ten days of February, we'll have a uh, uh, a beta version of it. So, people. And I'm going to be reaching out to individuals to to essentially be my uh, guinea pigs, if you will, to Pick come me. and just 
yeah, it, well, it makes, you, yes. you are 100% at the top of the list. So okay. yes, <laughs> count on it. If you, uh, if you would love, if you would like to, you can certainly be one of the, uh, the beta testers, but yeah, just, just other, just cottage food producers that will come on and, and try it and look at it, look at the homepage, look at the profile page. How easy will it be for you to, to sign up, to register, uh, things like that. So, uh, you, you certainly, you're at, you're at the top of the list. You will be one of the first ones to, uh, to see it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot tell you, like I'm sitting here <laughs> bouncing my foot. I, it's, it's going to be amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited. I, it's like I said, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can give back to, to help other cottage food producers. And, 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 and I don't, and I don't want cottage food producers to think that I'm going to do all their marketing for them. Cause I'm not a marketing guy. Um, mm-hmm. it, this is just going to be just a sliver of their marketing pie. If this is one little piece that I can help them with to help them assist them, get their name out there, then, then I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And so I really, I mean, I wanted this done. This has been in the works for, I think I started back in October. Uh-huh. Uh, we started discussions. And so it's just been, it's just, it's kind of been a, a slow process. And I kind of had to put it on the back burner for the month of December. Apparently people like shortbread cookies during the month of December. So uh, uh-huh. I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was up to my eyeballs in flour and butter for the month of December. So unfortunately, uh, the, the product or the, uh, the directory development had to take a back seat for the moment, but now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm back at it because now apparently everybody's on there, got their new year's resolutions to not eat shortbread cookies, the, uh, the month of January. So perfect time for me dry, to just try January is <laughs> happening with shortbread cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I can tell you this, that there, you, you had mentioned $500 a year. It will not even be remotely close to that. As a matter of fact, there won't even be three numbers for the, the monthly or the, the uh, annual fee. There won't even be three digits to it. So I want to awesome. keep it as, yeah, I just want to keep it as, as uh manageable for cottage food producers because i haven't forgotten what it was like when i when i first started as a cottage food producer i mean your marketing dollars are thin well all of your dollars are thin so um and i don't i don't ever want to forget that and i would i want this to be more of an asset to cottage food producers not a hindrance and not something that they look at and say gosh i wish i could do that but i can't afford it so uh i i really i really don't want that to happen so uh, this is the whole the whole premise of this is to help cottage food producers um, and then also help the general public to to know what a cottage food producer does. Most people don't even know what, what cottage what a cottage food producer is. So, I, you know, I want to change that, too. I want to open the public's eyes to, hey, you can get a fresh homemade baked bread, loaf of bread, and they're your neighbor and you didn't even know it. So. Uh, that that's my goal. That's my goal with this directory is just to just to take the whole cottage food industry and just elevate it is is my goal. I am so impressed. I'm so excited for this and for you and for everybody involved in it. <laughs> um, this this Christmas, my before Christmas, my husband had hernia surgery on the 18th, and so Christmas was kind of a non-event around here this year. And 
I was dying for Christmas cookies. And a few years back, you could buy assorted trays of, of Christmas cookies at any grocery store. You could grow, you could buy a humongous one at Sam's. And I really wanted like all the different kinds of Christmas cookies because we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. And you can't find those anymore at the store. You just can't. Yeah. And my my good friend who lives like three minutes away, I mentioned that to her that I would give my, my eye teeth. And that's actually really funny because, you know, cookies and teeth. And yeah. uh, for a tray of cookies. And she said, darling, you're in luck. And I said, I am. And she said, yeah. She said, I'm going to go to the cookie exchange at my church this weekend. So I will bring you a small plate of different Christmas cookies. I was like, really? And she said, yeah. She said, there won't be a lot, but at least it'll give you a taste. And I was like, okay. So she happened to show up just as my husband, who is the bread baker of the family, had made cottage, uh, not cottage, I'm sorry. I'm so caught up in cottage food producer stuff. I screwed it up. Parker House rolls and some uh, loaves of um, herbed white bread. And I had just wrapped up the bread in actual bread bags with twist ties the whole bit. And I said, okay. I said, you brought me Christmas cookies. I will love you forever. Do you want a loaf of bread to take your Christmas thing? And she was like, yes. <laughs> and she could still smell the, the smell of the bread baking because he just pulled them out of the oven like an hour and a half before. And she said, if it tastes as good as it smells, she said, I want more for next year. And I said, it'll cost you next year. And she's like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, food, food is love. And I, I feel weird about saying that sometimes because food is also the enemy for a lot of people. Some yeah. people have a hard time with food, whether it's, it's they eat too much of it or they want to eat it and they can't. Yeah. Or they yep. just have some something that is not positive about food. But if you're lucky, food is love. And uh, that's what I think we as cottage food producers are trying to to do when we bake. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I tell everybody I can that that's pretty much the reason why I started doing this. If I can bring just uh, just five minutes of happiness to somebody as they're eating my shortbread cookies and they love them. If I can just bring five minutes of happiness to somebody throughout throughout the day, I'm happy. That that's all I want. Because I mean, we you can never have enough happiness. And so if I can just if I can do that, then mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, silly aside here because I do this all the time. Um, when I I'm not originally from Minnesota. I am from Maine. And I moved here in 1991, 92, somewhere in there. And where I grew up, when you stand in line at the cash register, everybody chats. They're complete strangers, but everybody talks to each other. It's, it's a thing. And I really didn't notice that happening here. And so I thought it was weird because everybody kind of is to themselves. And I think it's gotten better, but when I first moved here, it was not better. And so I made it a point to try to make every person that I made eye contact with smile and at least say hello because yeah. it was driving me crazy. I couldn't make friends. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And my husband at the time, because I've been married three times, the third one is actually sticking, so that's good. But 
She was like, why do you talk to everybody? I said, because I'm lonely. I just left everybody I know. Yeah. I said, I'm trying to find some kindred spirits, but it's really hard if you don't talk. And so those who actually ended up talking to me, 99% of the time were people who weren't from Minnesota. They were, or they were, and they had lived somewhere else for a while and came back. And so my sole purpose in life for the first two years I was here was to make friends and to make sure that everyone I interacted with ended up smiling. And it was such a great goal. Like if I made somebody smile, I had the best day ever. So (laughs) I get what you're, I get what you're saying about, about if if you can just make someone happy for five minutes in a day, that means the world to you. I get it. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, I am really excited for the directory. I, I cannot, I don't even have words enough to tell you how excited I am. I think it is a noble endeavor and I think it's going to work. So that's good. And really excited to talk to you about your shortbread business because I, I would never have thought that shortbread would be a business, but it is. <laughs> it's funny. I, I have people at, at farmer's markets or at events. They'll actually, they've actually made comments and I know they don't, they don't mean it in a mean way, but but they'll come up to me and they'll be like, is this your, is this, is this your full-time job or what's your full-time job? And I said, well, this is it. And mm-hmm. then their response is, you can make a living selling shortbread cookies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You actually can. So, um, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's been fun. I'm having a blast. Um, and it's, uh, it, it, I just love what I do. I work harder. I, I tell people I work harder and longer hours now as an entrepreneur than I ever have in my life, but I'm like a hundred times happier than I've ever been. So it's, it's worth it. You sound like my dad when he retired within six months of him retiring, he was like, I'm busier now than I ever was when I had a job. (laughs) I said, quit volunteering for everything to fill your hours. You won't be as busy. He's like, no. He said, I love it. I'm like, okay, good. Then, then do that. Yep. And he's now he's now 80 years old and he still acts like he's 50. So it's working for him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Matt, I have got to get off the phone because I actually have to go run an errand that needs to be done before four today. And it's half an hour away and I'm going to run out of time. So <laughs> right. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and good luck with everything. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on, Mary. I, I appreciate you reaching out to me, and it's been a blast. I'm just, I have had a blast just chatting with you. So thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.